You're listening to Around Comics. spent you know like the better part of a decade doing better 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 part of our lives as a matter of fact yes <laughs> right uh, yes I have, I have i have a pile of shit i can go through here i haven't i ha- honestly have not been reading that much i've i've been um okay. doing other stuff but don't worry about it i'm, I'm sure i'll f- figure out something we can just do holidays I was, and... yeah we'll be fine all right all right ready got me in in three two one from Chicago. This is Around Comics, the Comic Culture Podcast, where, uh, like every month or so, we talk about comics. <laughs> I'm Chris Trinistan, and I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Mr. Brian Salazar. How are you doing, sir? Merry Christmas, everyone. Ho, ho, ho. Yes. We're finally getting an episode. It's like our special holiday. No. You know, I was like, the last two weeks, I was like, so are we going to talk about Joker? But we're not going to talk about Joker, the clown prince of crime, this week, because Mr. Tom Caters is um, off in the, the hinterlands, uh, enjoying his holiday festivities. But uh, but Sal and I thought we would uh, get, a, get together and spread some Christmas cheer with all of you comic book folk out there. So uh I have cookies for everyone. My wife has been on a cookie terror for three days straight. Baking cookies. And I, I have one in my mouth right now, a Kolodzki. I have mold wine. Mold ooh, wow, mold wine. You're really in this I, I live in Wisconsin. They do such things. Mm, yummy. It is, it is. It's delicious. Is it warm uh, do you have it warm? Is it is that what Yes, it's mold wine. Yes, is that what mold? It's means? yeah. I, I probably not. It's probably the spice, but then it's served warm, warm and it's right? it's delicious. And you go to the Chris Kindle Mart and you walk around and drink warm mold wine, and it's delicious. Well, and it's, uh, it's, it's why I love the, the upper. The, you know, it is. It's it's crazy. We had January in November, and now it's like fifty five degrees hmm. uh, at the winter solstice. So, so uh, there's no such thing as climate change. Um, fake news. <laughs> fake news. Uh, how are you doing, sir? It's the end of your year. Uh, you know, it's it's been it's actually been crazy. Like I've I've been super busy, just family and friends, and doing things and going places and kids and all that stuff so it's been a busy month honestly it's been uh a little yeah. too much i'm I, I, that's why i haven't we haven't been able to really get together but uh okay. you know more than, good. more than a year um you know i was driving around you know i i drive i'd have to drive from milwaukee to janesville and everyone listening out there probably has no idea what i'm talking about but it's about an hour and 20 minutes from milwaukee to janesville and so i'm driving back from uh from janesville one night 
And uh, they say, uh, coming up in 12 minutes, a uh, big story about Superman revealing his identity. And I was like, oh, comic book story on NPR. I always enjoy these things. And I had no idea that that uh, in the comic books that uh, Clark Kent was going to reveal that he was Superman. Or actually, Superman was going to reveal that he was Clark Kent. The neat part about this was, and this is a little bit of a shout out. Halfway through the little story about this, they drop a uh, uh, a big shout out and a clip from an interview from Word Balloon with uh, with uh, Brian Bendis, and I was like, "Look at the podcast I'm making the NPR." Oh wow! Look at that! Yeah, yeah. Johnny, Johnny and his uh, the the Bendis tapes, all the making, all those... making, making the national news. Wow, impressive! So, yeah, have you heard about the the whole Superman thing? Nope. Yeah, you know, I, me either until it was on NPR, and I was like, "Well, apparently Superman pulled a Spider-Man," oh. and uh, yeah, and so he had, uh Everybody knows that uh, Superman is Clark Kent because he was tied. I guess the whole backdrop was that he was—he didn't think it was very nice to lie to people about about his identity. So now he's uh, he's 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 out of the uh, the Clark Kent closet. Eighty years, and he finally had some sort of moral. He had, an epiphany. he had an epiphany. <laughs> now all of his friends and family are now fucking dead. Yeah, but he feels better about himself. Yeah, you know, Lex Luthor just immediately murdered everyone that ever knew him, or ever worked with Clark Kent. The Daily Planet's yeah. leveled, and yeah, yeah. That's pretty, okay. you know, pretty much, pretty much. But he feels better about it. You know, it's 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 you know, he stayed on that moral track. You know, and 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 that's what really matters. Well, Superman is. Um... You know, fighting for relevancy, I think. It has been for quite a while. I, I don't know that um, that's going to do it, but uh, good luck to him. And uh, you you, know, I, don't, I don't think Superman's ever going to so go anywhere. But. I, w- I was actually thinking about this the other day. Do you think that Superman and the Fantastic Four share a common problem in those two comp- companies in that they were incredibly successful, popular at a certain time, and they've just had trouble keeping relevance because I, I feel like the fantastic four, the, the, you know, the Marvel's first family, I feel like they have had trouble keeping relevance. And I feel a little bit the same way about Superman. Yeah. I think, I think after the eighties and you know, the, the sort of dark ages, where everything kind of went extreme and dark and, and in the nineties and, uh, it, it kind of kept getting more adult comics, mainstream comics really were being written for the adults that had been reading them when they were kids. Um, and I think Superman is, you know, I, I think it, it's, it's tough to write about a character and make him interesting when he has such a large power set, but you don't want to depower Superman because then what? No. You know, what's the point? But I think it's I, just, I, 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 I think, think I think it's I think it's hard because he's about an, an ideal, and I don't I think that ideals become boring to people. It's like yes, he's about truth, justice, and the American way, and I think that becomes kind of kind of boring. To people in there, and and that's not to say that there haven't been great Superman stories written, certainly during our lifetime, and, and then even in the last decade, I, because I think there there have, but I think that the that the mythos of the character feels antiquated sometimes. Does that make sense? 
Well, certainly in this day and age, I think you have, you know, if you're trying to write comic books for 20 somethings or younger, um, you know, they don't, Mm -hmm. you know, we've been faced (laughs) with the reality of what the American way is. What is the American way? What is that any longer? And we've sort of since Kennedy being assassinated in the Vietnam war and to today, and now we have Trump as president and sort of that that entire, that would be as crazy as like Lex Luthor becoming president, right? Well, yeah, but but what I'm saying is that I think your, like you said, Superman stands for something in, in sort of this very 1950s idyllic white, um, America. And that's not, you know, something that people are particularly interested in. You know, there's, a, there's a specific set of people in the United States that are still interested in that and think that's relevant. But I think a lot of people are not really into that kind of rose, you know, colored glasses, um, mindset. You know what I mean? I think, I think stories with a character that is, is about that idealism is hard, is a hard sell. I just don't think people are really, um, willing to give that a chance. And, and, um, we're, we're very cynical these days. I think, so I think it's a hard, it's a tough And, and, and have, and have been for a while. And I don't want to, have have you, have you watched Watchmen on HBO? Are you done? Yes. Um, and I don't want to dive too deep because I know that, that Tom is okay. going to be back. I'm getting Well, I know, I know that Tom, I think we'll record here in a couple of weeks and I know that he's got some thoughts on it. Um, just real quick. Um, like it, love it, hate it. I enjoyed it very much. I thought mm-hmm. it was entertaining. Um, I think that at the end of the day, you know, Lindelof is the, the, you know, he's an interesting writer and producer mm-hmm. of TV shows, but I think they all sort of have a similar thing where they're a lot about presenting you with this giant mystery and then a releva- revelation and then another mystery and a revelation, another mystery, mm-hmm. but not really a whole lot of substance beyond that. I, you know, I thought it was interesting what they were, you know, some of the things that they touched on, but never really followed up with. And at the end of oh, it, really? Yeah, I don't, I don't really think that they delved very deep into anything. And I honestly don't think it really had much to do with Watchmen. At the end of it, that being said, extremely entertaining, very oh, yeah. well done, very well written. But in this day and age, when we're all carrying around like tracking devices in our pockets willingly um the idea of who watches the watchman is as relevant as ever and to Mm -hmm. not really deal with anything that has to do with surveillance or but but i mean it was it was was a it was about race i mean that was about race but even that wasn't really it was did it okay let me ask you this Mm -hmm. did it make you look at race or racism any differently did it give you a new perspective? No, no, no. It it it, 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 it absolutely reinforced uh, preconceived notions of what white nationalists were and yeah, and it, black, it, and and the it black. Gave, it gave people but that. It, here's the thing: it gave a very Rorschach like look at racism. Um, and they were they the Seventh Cavalry was a very black and white look at racism, right? 
Yeah, it was, but it was very simplistic. That's my problem. Is it uh, it's very, very black and white. Yeah, it was very simplistic kind like of thing. Like would be right. Uh, I suppose I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I consider. I think Rorschach. Yeah, I mean his worldview is definitely black and white. Sure. Um, but so, yeah, I don't know that that means that the show was any good because of that. I don't know what you're trying to like. No, no, it, it, no. To, to go back to your point, did it change my views on are racist bad? No, it didn't. Did it change my views on on racism in general? I no. just think it, it, there's so many things that it could have touched on. It could have worked with. It could have, you know, dealt. I mean, I think it did in the beginning. Like it's it, it starts talking about like uh, police brutality, but it never sure. followed through. It 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 deals with racism, but it doesn't really follow through with any of it. Doesn't actually investigate any of it or examine any of it or enlighten anyone to anything about it uh, it, it deals with like i think it was very watchman in that in that respect but it's, because How i so? think that I mean, watchman made you examine re-examine a lot of so things. many things and this oh, exactly well this no I, I i no i think from a from a from a serial tv show aspect i think it it made people examine things uh like from, what uh, sure, certainly racism. You know, it, it, I think it made a lot of people, uh, aware of the, the Tulsa massacre that, that may not have been but aware once of Once again, that. does that give you any sort of different perspective on racism? No, it's just making you aware of something. Well, why not just make a yeah. documentary then? That's what I'm saying. Like it, to me, Watchmen was about the, as much as Rorschach was black, black and white in his worldview, the characters were all about the gray areas of who's in power, who has the right to be in power, I, and, yes. and how does that affect the everyday lives of Americans and people in the world? I think and, a, a, a larger view was about justice. Um, I mean, I that, mean that, that's, that's the I think it was picture. questioning justice, like what is justice and who has sure. the right to dispense it. Yes, absolutely. But that wasn't really delved with in this TV show in any way. It didn't, I think it, I think it was, it's, you look at hooded justice and, and was his dispensing of justice? Was it worthy? Was it not? And then, you know, wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. When did they ever give you any sort of, uh, thought that it was not all they did was set up how simplistically evil the people he was fighting against deserve to be and he was a miserable old decrepit cripple at the end of it did it serve him well uh, but they never even examined that whatsoever i mean he he wasn't oh oh i don't think he was very miserable flash, he was through, pretty through, happy through, he seemed like through, he was through her flashback i mean he lived a miserable life why because people because he was black and white people are horrible that had nothing to do with whether or not he was he was trying to dispense justice or or being there never showed any downside to him being hooded justice or making it, the only thing they they only showed, showed a downside life. to him trying to be doing it through as a policeman they showed it that was Which negative could, because he, he was surrounded by racist policemen yeah he couldn't do it as a policeman he had to but, don but that's the, what i'm saying it's such a simplistic take on it like 
if you that would have just taken that and sort of examined that, was, that deeper that was and the gone 1950s into it. Thing. And then you get his granddaughter who has an updated like post Vietnam war in that reality who takes on this new persona that has to, you know, update that even unknowingly update that vision of doling out justice. Yeah, but there was never any downside. She wasn't flawed in any way. From, from it, there was no, I mean, that's the thing, like all the characters from the original Watchmen are all flawed characters and it's a re-examination of superheroes. So do you think that, that, that Sister Knight wasn't flawed enough? I don't think they ever showed her as being flawed in any way. I don't think they ever showed her as being. I mean, she, she was definitely the protagonist and, and the moral through line for the story. Yeah, and it was very simplistic. It was very, it was very much a simplistic, she's right, she's gonna deal with these things and she's gonna win in the end. It was very but, simplistic. That's, that's, to me, that's fine. It was entertaining. It was very, I'm not trying to say it wasn't entertaining. I just, mm-hmm. it wasn't, it didn't have much to do with Watchmen other than it was set in that world and, and he wanted to sort of rehash it and course correct it and try and fix what he thought were problems with the original comics. We'll be back after a quick break. Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and of course, their newest novels? Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of The Lunar Chronicles, and I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer podcast where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts or find us on Instagram at Happy Writer Podcast. Oh, that's an interesting take. I don't know if I agree with it, but that's an interesting take. I don't think it was a course correction i think it okay well, he, he so, said as much himself no no no, I mean, no, no, no hold on. Remix. You, you, that's what he called you go it. back and you say hey they're gonna create a series that takes place 30 years after the conclusion of the watchman comic in continuity and my first reaction is oh shit this is gonna be terrible um I, well i mean i didn't know it was gonna be 30 years. fucking surprised yeah, like I said, it was it yep. was very watchable and entertaining. I just I don't it could have been anything. It didn't like it didn't need to be Watchmen. There was no purpose of it being Watchmen. Boy, but man, they it was so for for a Watchmen fan, for a comic book fan that knows that comic, it was tied. It, they they well, walked they gave you tons of damn, like now, Easter now, eggs, now, but now they they walked a damn near perfect line of Tying it to the original material, but also making it accessible for people. They tied in the goddamn giant squid and made it make sense. I think made it make sense. I mean, I know the story, but I I think if you had approached that story without having read it, it would still be accessible, but they still connected it to the comic in a way that, that made sense. And I think that's a huge achievement. Um, I, I found it kind of predictable. I mean, I literally guessed like 75% of the things that they presented as, uh, mysteries. I, I 
you know, figured out in the first episode um, that John wasn't on Mars. I figured out that Adrian was trapped. I figured, you know what I mean? Like I, it was, like I said, it was entertaining. It was a very entertaining, well-crafted show. It was a very good television show. You didn't find it challenging. I didn't find it Watchmen-esque in the sense that it didn't, yeah. yeah, it didn't challenge me in any way. It didn't give me any new perspective on anything. It did not make me re-examine anything or enlighten me to anything. It was this, you know. Do Do you want to see a second season? Uh, I don't really care. No. And the, and 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 Lindelof has been like, I don't know if we need to make one. I think that was kind of his statement at the end is like we kind of did what we wanted to i don't know if we'll see a second I mean, you know hbo is going to want one because yeah, and, somebody and, will and, make it i don't know if it'll be well off, but it, someone will and someone it'll be will it'll because, get worse and worse and because i mean <laughs> they can't, if, any, if anything <laughs> what what it reinforced to me was mm-hmm. that alan moore is still to this day the greatest comic book writer that ever lived and and it's a fantastic storyteller and well and people just still don't really grasp Watchmen. i think i think as much as lindelof you know put all the easter eggs in and used all the characters and and i think he did an excellent job of like going okay where would these characters characters possibly be 30 years from now but i mean even if you look at the characters he introduced they were just weak copies of the characters from the original i mean you had uh, you know basically the same the same characters over again i mean it was it was it was rather mundane in that sense of like do, you have this what, entire do, well you do, have sister knight is hooded yeah. justice you know mm-hmm. it's like sure she, she, you have uh what's his name mirror face whatever <laughs> looking glass is Rorschach <laughs> and you know you, i mean you, do you know who you are right now who am i you're Lori Blake. It's like, uh, we've fucking been here. God damn it. Well, it was, uh, listen, <laughs> I, I watched every was she episode. Was I she am- amazing? Was she, she was great. I mean, yeah, she was She terrific. was maybe the best part of the of the series. Uh, well, Regina Knight, so, uh, Regina King, I mean, is, is Regina King was terrific. Great. Um, yeah. and but, I, you know, I would have, I just, I just wish they would have sort of picked one thing and ex- and and just delved into that more. They just they just never really like once it kind of got revealed that it was white supremacies and mm. that's what it was then it became kind of boring. You okay. know what I mean? Like and you never really like they were such cardboard cutout bad guys at that point. And there was no I'm going to have to agree with you there that that once the reveal was made, it's those characters stopped having any sort of depth. And that's and it the was, problem it, with Lindelof shows. Was, it, but As the point, revelations but, but, come. But at that point, Lady True became the villain that, that was interesting. Yeah, but she was just Adrian V 2.0. And once you realized that she was, you know what I mean? Like once that came out that that's who she was, okay, well, this is boring. There's, what was her motivation for doing what she was doing? What was her actual, you know what I mean? Like they didn't even really give you a good solid reason for her being the villain or doing what she was doing. They, they, they told you, but it was so weakly done at that point in the last episode, you know what I mean? That it's just like, oh, okay, well this is not, you know, I, to me, it just, like I said, if, 
I I don't need someone to explain to me that racism is bad. <laughs> like I don't need to, I don't need twelve or you, nine episodes. You, you you are in the low percentile. No, I don't think I am, and I don't think that yes, the people that <laughs> might need that aren't going to fucking watch it, and they're exactly. certainly not going to learn anything. They need from to it. know that don't have HBO subscriptions. Well, that's racist. I think right there, that's kind of classist. That's nothing to I do think with that race. might be classist. It had nothing to do with race. Um, but I just, like I said, I thought it was very entertaining. I thought it was fun. Yeah. I thought it was enjoyed it. Enjoyed the shit out. I enjoyed the shit out of it. Is it right. Watchmen? Is it anywhere in the same fucking Did you ballpark? Ever expect it to be? I I just wanted it not to suck. Oh well, yeah, it definitely didn't suck. But yeah, yeah, no, I'm. It's it's. I my biggest problem is that people then you know like people watch it and they're like blown away by it, and it's like. You, you, do, do you do you know what my reaction is when people say it was so good? Do you know what I tell them? What? Go read the comic. It's but they won't. They're, they're never going to read the comic. And okay. even if they do, they won't probably yeah, but comprehend the, it. But does that bother me? No. I'm, I tell them, go read the comic. Yeah, I, I don't really care. I mean, whatever. It is what it is. I just... I, just, um, I was hoping... I guess I was just hoping for it to be better. I was hoping for it to be... As if monumental, you're gonna, if you're going to hope for Watchmen to be better than what this series was, but it could have been. It a, easily could have been. Alan Moore has washed his hands of it. I have bad news for you. Oh, but it could have been. That's the problem. It it, it easily. It was, pretty damn good. it was pretty damn good, but it could have been so much better if they would have. If they would have, <laughs> okay, instead of now like I'm, now, I'm the cynic because I'm like, oh, but God, it could have been so much worse. Well, certainly, yeah. I mean, it could have been. Sal could have been so bad. They actually said something. They actually did something. It said something, and it was well acted and directed. Did they say something? What did they say? Uh, it's, it's racism. I mean, what did you walk away from it? Racism's bad. Oh, racism's wow. Okay. Bad. <laughs> wow. Hey, fuck, don't take that shit for granted anymore, dude. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. All right. Don't yeah, because it's children. Granted. Because most people don't fucking understand that. I, I think you're exaggerating greatly. I'm not, no, I'm not exaggerating. Um, so um, there's another series that came out. We'll we'll move on. We'll wait for Tom to come back. Racism is bad, by the way, people. Yeah, don't uh, forget racism. Don't go out and be racist. It's bad. Yeah. Don't bad. don't be racist. It's bad for you. It's bad and it's bad for there, you. There, we we just did everything that they did in nine episodes. Yes, racism, racism is bad and not, it's bad for you, and don't do that. And not nearly don't, as entertaining, don't, though. And don't assume that people know that because they don't. Um, <laughs> people um, don't know racism is bad. Fucking racist. Um, so racists know that. Listen, murderers know that murder is bad. They still do it. Racists know that racism is bad. They don't care. They actually sort of enjoy the fact that it's bad. That's I that's I think I where you're wrong. It's I don't know, I'm. Uh, whatever. Uh, okay. Racism bad. There was um, a very interesting comic happening that I haven't uh, I haven't heard a lot of people talk about because I don't listen to people talk about comic books. But something that was kind of neat um, about a month ago, Mark Miller, who I think Sal and I would both agree, has uh, a great ability to um, tell an interesting story. And he's also a great closer in stories. Uh, they released... Uh, uh, through Image Comics, a complete four-issue series on one day. Were you aware of this? I was not. 
Um, he released with one of our favorite artists, and I know that you'll agree with this, Eric Canetti. Uh, yeah. Oh, sure, you might, sure. You, you like Eric Canetti. Yeah. Um, they did a four-issue series of Chrononauts and released all – because it's a time travel story, they got really fucking uh, creative, and they released all four issues on the same day. Um, so the idea was because it's time travel, we're going to drop it all. Uh, yes. At the same time, because there yes. is no time. There is no. There is no. I mean, there is no time. Okay. Very John John uh, Manhattan, Doctor Manhattan esque. I, I think it was. I think it was. It's Mark Miller, and I have a lot of money now and people will buy my books so we're gonna drop all four of them on the same fucking day fuck it, fuck it just send it out there <laughs> <laughs> and uh it's really good it was four issues and i believe that they're and because i'm um a horrible comic book fan these days i believe there may have been a previous chrononauts uh series i'm gonna have to look it up there was but, yeah i think it was yes. um uh, i want to say that the artist of it was um what's his name the guy that did white batman white knight um sean oh, murphy sean murphy i, I, awesome. I think it was sean murphy the original artist on the first series uh, he's great. Um, yeah. um, what he's doing? Is he doing what? Batman White Knight now? Well, he did the he did the first series of White Knight, and then he did a second one, which is called Batman White Knight something something something. I don't know what I don't I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't caught up to it, so. Um... I, yeah, I don't remember. I don't. Yes, I, yes, no. yeah. It was Sean Murphy did the uh, did the did the first the first volume, and so I need to go back. Um, don't be afraid to jump into the second series. It's 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 a Mark Miller action adventure series. You don't need to know that much. It's you jump into it, and they're 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 traveling through time. They're trying to beat up bad people, and actually, what they're trying to do is get it. It's, so this is such a great Mark Miller thing. Is that they're basically looking for venture capitalists? Okay, um, because because they can. You travel mean back. Mark Miller is? Uh, I think he understands the venture capitalist game, and I think that he has a great feel for the last like fifteen years of of um, the the Silicon Valley chase for money to are you talking about in the book or in real life i'm a little confused no in the book oh so, the chrononauts are yes after they, they, okay they, okay so so they can travel back through time i thought you meant mark miller is looking for venture capitalists to invest in mark miller i didn't know what well, you meant. that's probably true too but i <laughs> yeah. think he's good because this is going to be a netflix series i think he's got he's got mark miller has you know we we talked about this before out of all of the comfort creators in like the last like 20 years, I would say like at the top of the mountain, Mark Miller is, is sitting there laughing at everyone. Well, he's definitely been extremely successful. I mean, he purchased by Netflix, you know, yes. like that's yes. not, he know. has an exclusive deal with Netflix. Yeah. Um, you know, and has been incredibly successful. We love his comics ever since probably, I think the authority is probably when we were all like, Oh, this dude is fucking for real. 
Yeah, for well, yeah, sure. I mean, he had done. I, I'm trying to think. He's so long ago, but yeah, that definitely the authority was a, a big part for me. Um, I think mainstream, probably the ultimates, is probably what what sure, really sure. stuck. To, because the, I mean, Just let's like look the at same it. Same thing to some degree. Well, ultimates it, is kind of the same thing, but from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that universe does not exist in the way that we think of it without his his vision of of the ultimates. Yeah, I, for sure. I mean, he he definitely. Um, that is the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a lot of so? ways. You think? Uh, uh, Nick Fury. Well, yeah, Nick Fury, but that's just. I, I, I think mean, his vision of Thor was absolutely Thor um, was insane. What are you talking um, about? At, his, his vision at, of Thor was insane. Like, he's a crazy person. Yeah, and that's how it was in the first Thor movie. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. Not he wasn't insane. He was. He didn't he, know he was Thor. He knew he was Thor. No one else knew he was Thor. Well, but it's absolutely taken from the Ultimates version of that. Um, uh, Hawkeye, the the Ultimates. It's the Ultimates. The the the, the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe is the Ultimates. The Fine, Hawkeye, you want to give Hawkeye listen, is his version of Hawkeye. This is obviously suck Mark Miller's dick. Op episode of around comics. So I, that's fine. That's no, cool. no. I think that. <laughs> That without the Ultimates, the Marvel Cinematic Universe would look very, very different. Maybe yes. I, I think you. I think absolutely had a big hand in it. I don't know if it's sort of an exact replica of what he did. I think no, there's some no, big differences, but, but, and it's much darker in the Ultimates. I think than than you know, especially Captain America is is much more gymnastic and uh, you know a, a, a different type of person in the Ultimates than he is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh yeah, but but I think if you were going to say this and, version Iron Man is is not really uh much very similar I don't think. Eh, to some degree, but not I mean Robert Downey Jr played it much more um joyful. I think it's a soup. I think it's a soup and I think that the ultimates are a big ingredient in the soup. Sure, absolutely. All right. Are we done uh, sucking his dick? I was not sucking his dick. <laughs> I was saying that he's done some nice fucking work, Sal. I'm just kidding. I'm just All right. Up. All right. Does, no, you know the thing to me? I just know, saw a picture I, of I'm him. I'm sorry. Though. Hold yeah, on. Wait, wait, Alan wait. Moore got a big work over earlier. I didn't so talk I, about I, Alan Moore like that. I, I just found to Mark Miller. I didn't say he. Well, <laughs> Alan Moore is responsible for, like, you know, the entire uh, idea of comic book movies, you know, existing. If you want to, like, get really you know, deep into it. But anyway, Ed, what I was going to say about Mark Miller, I'm going to go like balls deep. Have you seen? Yeah. I'm going to go all the way down, <laughs> all the way down. Uh, if you, if you, have you seen a picture of Mark Miller lately? I have not. He, it's funny. Like I always kind of remember him, you know, I haven't seen him in a long time. The last time we, you know, like I actually physically I saw really him on a, on a, on a, uh, in a hotel room yeah. on a, on a, uh, what what you call it? Uh, patio. Yeah, it could barely you know make three sentences together like now. But now and he's he started, just like, yeah, I'm gonna leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you drove him out of there. Um, now he's starting to sort of look like your 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 Scottish uncle. Like he just sort of looks like this guy who's you know <laughs> as he should. It's just funny. It's just wow. As he's he you know, yeah, he's an old guy now. That's that's right. Nothing wrong with We're that. We're all guys now. We are. We are all old guys now. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, but it's, so there's my, there's my little, uh, throughout, uh, chrononauts. It was a lot of fun, but the, the VC thing. So, um, they, they can travel back in time, but they can't travel forward. And so they're trying to get investors to keep pumping money into their company so they can eventually figure out how to travel forward in time, which is like their big thing. And uh, so then they can come back and unlock like, scientific secrets and that kind of stuff well it's but sort of all the like, tech industry in general it's like hey it's, just keep it's, giving yes. us money until we figure this out and we're and then somebody exactly. buys us and you make money it's it is it is like game. this really kind of funny look at the tech industry because they they have unlocked the key to traveling back in time which is this great thing and people are just like that's great um, we're not going to give you any more money until you can go forward in time and bring us back all the great secrets. And so it, it is like this great race for them to keep getting money to fund their experiments so they can travel forward in time. And then that gets unlocked and it, it brings down a whole shit storm of other problems for them. That's a really great idea. Like, you know, Isn't it? that's a, that's a, that's a, that encapsulates the entire sort of, you know, tech and financial world and how big a bunch of scumbags they all are yes. and thieves yes. and fucking con men. We have done, we have done this amazing thing and they're like, okay, that's great, but we're not going to give you any more money until you can do more for us to make us more money. Well, the next thing will be, um, uh, weed. That's going to be the next bubble. Well, you live in Illinois. I live in Wisconsin. I'll be coming down to visit you um, January second. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so let's have a good time. Let's have. A, it's going to be a fun new year for sure. It, it's going to be a fun new year in Illinois, and I'm going to have to watch that border patrol. <laughs> it's going to be funny. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> um, I, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen here. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I'm interested. I'm also a little concerned, but. Cautious. Um, yeah, they they opened a <laughs> some genius in my neighborhood opened up a, uh, a well it was a medical marijuana place a few maybe I don't know a year ago mm-hmm. and obviously it's going to also sell uh, it'll be recreational it'll be recreational but they they were brilliant about it they they address for the place is four twenty Stone Road of and, course it is and it is <laughs> of course it is right and it is walking distance to a White Castle. So, they're a genius. Someone is a genius. 420 Stone Road. 420 Stone are you, Road. Are you shitting me? Nope. Somebody thought that out. Come on. That's that's some... Yes. And they say stoners are dumb. You know? I mean, right or, there... Or, or, there was a band uh, when I was in, in college, and their, uh, uh, the name of the band was 420 in Progress. <laughs> there you go. Great, great fucking band name. That's a good one. That's a good one. I, uh... <laughs> Speaking of music, I um, I uh, I went to Memphis. Memphis uh, for Thanksgiving, yeah, and I went to you. Uh, uh, so uh, my favorite story from this is that you got a tattoo at a tattoo parlor that is owned by the bassist of one of my favorite bands. Yeah, I went to um, so I went to Sun Records or Sun Studio. I had to, you know, being a, a fan of Elvis and Johnny Cash and that whole era of music. Um, I had to go down to, you know, to Sun Studio and take the tour. And that was really cool, real fun and interesting. And 
uh, just, you know, uh, kind of being around that whole thing and being in the studio and holding a microphone that uh, Elvis that used. Elvis did, yeah. A guitar that Johnny Cash had used. And, and we, uh, there's a, a large <clears throat> picture on the wall of the, the very famous picture of the million dollar quartet of Johnny Cash and ah, Elvis and, uh, and that's awesome. Jerry Lee Lewis and Sam uh Perkins and and they're sitting in front of a piano and Elvis is at the piano and the rest of them are standing around it and there's this huge picture on the wall and and it's right behind the actual piano that they took the picture at and so uh, me and my family actually recreated the picture my son had the idea of like hey let's let's sit and stand in the same um that's awesome position. yeah it was pretty fun so we did that but then I'm like you know what I gotta uh I got I, I I wanted to get a tattoo, so right around the block, right literally around the corner, um, diagonally. If you went from Sun Studio diagonally across the corner, uh, there's a tattoo parlor called Bluff City Tattoo that's been there about a year. And uh, I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna go in there and get a tattoo. See if I can get a tattoo real quick. And I did, but as I was waiting, I'm talking to the guys sitting. There's this big kind of burly looking dude sitting there. And, um, I would have freaked out. I had no idea. I mean, he's but he, nicest guy in the world. He's just covered in tattoos and he just starts chatting. We just start talking, you know, and I'm, I'm sitting there waiting for the tattoo artist and we're talking, blah, blah, blah. And super nice guy. Very, very friendly dude. And, um, we're talking about kids and family and tattoos and all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And once or twice th throughout the thing, he mentioned something about music or touring or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, are you, in a band and he's like, yeah, I'm, you know, and he mentioned the band. I'm like, I don't, I don't know who that band is, but I'm like, I bet Chris knows who's who, this band. I'm like, I wonder if he knows this band because they sounded like, you know, the way he made it sound, yeah. know, they were, they were a working band. Like they were, a, you know, nationally, they're absolutely a working band, yeah, yeah. touring band. And they had been around for a long time, but I, I just had never heard of them. And, uh, but he was a super awesome dude. And so I got the tattoo and everything. I'm like, hey, you know, if, uh, next time you come to Chicago to play, I'm, I'll come and see you guys. And uh, yeah, it turns out it was it was the bass player from uh, from that band. I I can't even remember the name of the band now. What's the name of the band? It's Lucero. <laughs> Lucero, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. It was John Stubblefield. Yes, super nice guy, and I had no idea. But uh, so he ends. Uh, he owns uh, the tattoo parlor. Him and another guy. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, he's he's like, yeah, whenever I'm not touring, I just hang out here and and bullshit with people and do paperwork yeah. and he kind of takes care of the the place uh, when he's not touring. So, yeah, it was kind of a So, neat... do you want to know you want to know an interesting comic tie-in? Sure. All right. So, John Stubblefield is the bassist for Lucero, which is one of the great working bands in the United States. They recorded a record called 1372 Overton Park. Okay. And there is a uh, a track on that record called The Devil and Maggie Chascarillo that is based on Love and Rockets. Oh, look at that. Uh, it all comes back. Wait a minute. Comes... Why did, there's a I have another Love and Rockets tie-in. Somebody just brought Love and Rockets up to me the other day and I'm like, "Oh, that's a comic book." They're like, "Really?" I only know that, but they only, they just knew the band. Oh, the band. Yeah. yeah, sure. And I was like, no, no, that's a comic. That was from a comic, but I can't remember who, yeah. or where, but. Well, that's so interesting. I, so, so Love and Rockets uh, 27 is my favorite comic book cover of all time. I oh, And I have a t-shirt of that, that cover 
that I wear to every uh, Lucero show that I go to, and and they notice it every time I I go there. Is that the so, one where it's uh, them on a stage playing? Or? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I know. I know the yes. cover. Sure. Sure. It's a phenomenal cover. Um, and and Jaime Hernandez talks about how he started drawing that cover, and he started with with the the foot, and everything came from the foot position on that on that cover. But Ben Nichols, who is the lead singer of of Lucero, is a Love and Rockets fan. He is um, he's also um, he's done. Oh God, who did Blood Meridian? Um, I'm blanking. Um, Walter uh, uh, Cormac Cormac McCarthy. Yeah. So he did a uh, a solo record that um, Zach Krusey is a huge fan of this record. Um, our buddy uh, who actually has a book about Steve Ditko coming out, uh, but uh, but our Zach's man in a Michigan. Huge, man in Michigan. He's a huge fan of Ben Nichols, and he did a um, a book or he did a record based on the Cormac McCarthy book Blood Meridian. Well, there you go. Look at all yep. that. It's just, it's just, all it's circular. It's all just all swirls together. Well, next time they come in, I'll introduce you to him. He was really, <laughs> you jerk. Buddies now, I you know, so. fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that weird? Like I knew, I'm just like, I bet Chris loves this band. Like, cause they just sounded oh. like a kind of band that you would like. And, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to tell him I just met this guy and he's probably going to freak out. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yes, yes, I am a, I'm, a, I'm a huge, huge Lucero fan and a huge Ben Nichols fan. It's yeah, so I would have been, I would have been, would have been a little, uh, a little jealous. <laughs> and I was just like, hey, dude, thanks for the tattoo. <laughs> so that, uh, that, uh, that uh, Ben Nichols record is called "The Last Pale Light in the West." The last pale light in the West, and it's amazing. It's very cinematic. It, it, you would you would actually like it, I think. I, um, it's uh, it's it's dark desert highway music. Okay, sure. I think you would dig it. That's how I de- how I describe it. It's I mean, when, dark. When you say that, that makes me think of the Eagles. So I don't know. You know. No, 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 no. no. It, it's, <laughs> On it's, a dark it's desert like the, highway. No, if the if the if the Eagles had some balls, oh, it would be dang. it would be Ben Nichols and the Last Pale Light in the West. It's very it's it feels like a um, it feels like a western should feel like okay. you know it's um, like you, you, where you would like once upon uh, a like, time in the West. Um, Sergio like Leone kind of uh, unforgiven, unforgiven. Oh, all right, it's more, it's more, it's it's a little bit. I mean, it's it's Cormac McCarthy, so it's fucking dark, mm. right? You know, so yeah, it's it's yeah, it's fantastic. And Zach Krusey will email you and tell you how awesome that book and this record is. Mm, that might uh, dissuade me from. No, I'm just kidding. It will not. It will not. <laughs> I bought I bought a record the other day. I bought an album, an actual like an actual vinyl an actual record. Vinyl record the other day. I don't even own a record I've been player. Buying, I've been buying buying vinyl, but you would say, of course you are, because you're a hipster you douche. You're a hipster douchebag living in yes. Wisconsin. No, I yes. bought a I bought um actually I bought a couple. Um, mm-hmm. I have I have decided I am going to start listening to some vinyl. Um, uh, it's very I, cathartic. I, say that again. It's very cathartic. Yeah, I think it's, you know, here's the thing. This is what I, I decided I was going to do it is that I wanted to make time to listen to more music 
because I find myself rarely listening to music. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to like make it an, a, a bit of an event and, um, and, and like uh, sort of make a ritual of it so that I can kind of get in one, the habit of doing it, but also enjoy it more because I sort of like um, that sort of thing of like a, you know, habitual sort of, you know, as a, as a collector too, like the idea of going, there's a, there's a really nice little used bookstore slash used record store by my house, not mm -hmm. very far away. So like I always go in there and buy used books, but I, so the other day I went in and, and I started digging through the albums and as a comic book collector, or I would say a former comic book collector, cause I don't really yeah. collect comics anymore. The idea of like digging through and trying to find stuff like, Ooh, you know, and I found for, I think it was $6. I found the double LP of the, uh, shaft soundtrack. Very nice. <laughs> I, well, I also own that record. I'm and, like, I uh, buy that, and, you know? and, and, and here, this is a point of pride. Richard Roundtree, who was Shaft, went to my college. He is an SIU Carbondale oh, alum. Look at that. Saluki. And I met him. Was, and I met sleeps. him. And we have talked about it. And he's like, oh, yeah, I went to SIU. Wow. Look at that. Amazing. Nice. Nice. Amazing. That's a great soundtrack. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm waiting for my actual record player to come in. But uh, I don't have one yet. But it's I on have its way. Come up for a Bucks game, and I'll give you my old record player. I just ordered one. I don't need one. I I I want. Well, here's the thing. I didn't. I like. I wasn't gonna go as far as go as like as like. I'm gonna put a record player, like an amp, and some mm -hmm. old speakers in my basement. I'm like, fuck that. I, there's technology. I don't really care about the preserver preserve preserving preservance of sound quality of analog. So I bought a record player that has Bluetooth output. So there I can you just go. put my Bluetooth headphones on and, and put a nice. record on and not have to worry about disturbing my family and all that stuff. So I'm so, officially so, old. So so uh, of that era and certainly in the black exploitation yes. um, um, mold, but but new and updated. You you have the Netflix, right? And it's not Netflix, it's the Netflix because it, we are old. You the, have the Netflix, the, I right? Have, I have the Netflix. Um have you seen Dolomite is my name? Oh, yes, of course. Sure. Eddie Murphy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, like legitimately, maybe my favorite movie of the last year. Oh, wow. That's big. You know, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I uh, So good. So I good. It's my favorite movie of the last year, but I, I yeah, Eddie enjoyed Murphy's the awesome. shit out of that movie. He was fantastic. Yeah. It was so here was the big surprise for me. It was like, oh, Eddie, Eddie Murphy's doing Dolomite is how I came into it. And so I was expecting funny. I was expecting like ridiculous. It was actually a really good and poignant movie that made me laugh. But there were, it was like I kind of caught myself getting emotional a few times. Oh, for sure. He does. It's I a mean, obviously, really good movie. it's a very good movie. And it's, it's a tribute to Rudy Ray Moore. I mean, I yes. think you obviously, Eddie Murphy has a deep, uh, feelings for Rudy Ray Moore. And, and I think he really did Rudy Ray Moore justice because yes. I think if, if I think most people that either know of Rudy Ray Moore or know of the Dolomite films probably mm -hmm. don't have necessarily a high opinion of Rudy Ray Moore. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I think you look at those films and it's like, Oh, this is kind of a joke. This guy 
you know, isn't a great actor or anything. He's they not, don't he's, they don't know the history of the touring a, vaudevillian performer, or just the perseverance yeah. and work that it sure. took for this guy to do what he did. And that's what I think that movie really. And I didn't know any of that. I mean, I I knew I I had seen the Dolomite movies, and they're they're funny and they're fun. To, you know, and they're ridiculous, and he's this ridiculous character. But then you watch this film, and obviously Eddie Murphy has has deep uh love for Rudy Ray Moore and appreciation for what he did and and uh you see you know the story behind it it's like oh this is this is really somebody that you should respect and regardless of the final product and how good or bad or 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 you know where you would rank it as a film that's kind of regardless of the appreciation you should have for him and his perseverance of just wanting to create something and do something and be better than maybe mm-hmm. the circumstances gave him. And that's, you know, how do you not, how do you not respect that and appreciate that? So, yeah, I loved it. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. My favorite movie of the year, I think was probably once upon a time in Hollywood by Quentin Tarantino, but that's not a shot. <sighs> I've not, I've not seen it yet. It's on the list for Christmas day. Um, I've seen it four times already. I've watched it twice in the theaters yeah really it's that good it's that good it's that good i'm i yeah i mean it's you you know it's my favorite quentin tarantino film but it's his i think it's 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 the movie he wanted to make yeah and it's so well done like it's i think it's a step for him in filmmaking like this is all of his tools, all of his, everything that he's learned, everything that he's figured out as a filmmaker, all of his sort of weapons. And, you know, cause this is sort of an original thing that he puts together and he puts it together so well and beautifully and uh, the acting. And I think Leonardo DiCaprio is unfucking believable in it. Oh, he's and awesome. He, he is so good, but there is a scene in it. There's a specific scene in it where. Do you care if I kind of? Not that I'm going to spoil anything, but just no, that's okay. Go, go ahead. A little bit. There's a scene in it where he's a he's a basically a uh, a 1950s actor, a, you know, good looking sort of um, uh, TV actor guy. He he played in this uh, black and white TV show called Bounty Law, where he was a cowboy. Uh, hunting down, you know, bounty hunter kind of guy, and then it's um, he did a couple of movies. Uh, but now it's the sixties and sort of Hollywood has moved on from his type. You know, he's square jawed, very clean cut, um, Mm -hmm. good looking fifties leading man. And now it's the sixties and everybody's kind of looking for more of a Steve McQueen, uh, you know, that Al Pacino kind of, that kind of little dirtier hippie kind of character. And he's not that guy and he's trying to figure out how to fit in or how to get jobs. And a lot of his jobs now are playing, heavies on other tv shows like they bring him in and they let his they let their star beat up this guy because he's you know he's a well-known name and so you kind of give gravitas to your actor or your show by having a name but he's the bad guy and he gets beat up but there's this one show he the, the show that he just gets hired to do and the actor the director of it believes in him as an actor and doesn't want him to just be the, his care you know his his face he wants him to actually act and it, th- this 
it's a very small part of the show, but or the movie, but there's this scene where he's running through this scene, and he's running through it with um, uh, the guy who played uh, Raylan Givens. Oh, uh, Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, Timothy Oliphant, and it's a western. Mm-hmm. And Timothy Oliphant is the hero of the show, and there's this really great scene where they're in a bar and he's going through it, and he's doing really well in the scene, like he's acting, and you can tell the you know he's he's pulling it off. But then all of a sudden he fucks up and he forgets his line, and you see him fall apart very subtly, like he starts all of a sudden overacting in the scene because now he's uh... self-conscious. And it is so fucking well done. Like, I couldn't believe... Like, watching it, I've watched it over and over again because it's just like, oh my God, he is so good in this scene of, like, seeing him go from this sort of confident actor to fucking up and then chewing up the scenery because he's self-confident. And it's kind of a subtle thing that he does, but it's like, oh my God, it's amazing. Like, it's really an amazing performance by him. But the movie's great. The movie's just... Uh, awesome and and uh you know tarantino is i think at his best um just this is it's so not pulp fiction it's so not um you know inglorious bastards it's not inglorious but it's 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 the evolution of quentin tarantino as a filmmaker i think it's really he's uh he's gone beyond to some degree the um the shocking you know, use of the N word and, you know, yeah. I mean, while there is violence in it, it's, it's kind of at the end of it. And, you know, it's, it's not the mainstay of the film. Um, and, and I think it really shows sort of a different kind of, you know, Quentin Tarantino film, but I really loved it. I, I thought it was great. Nice. Um, last, um, and we'll, and we'll, um, talk a little movies before we get back to comics or yes. not. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I, it's, it's probably a new to me movie. Uh, I think it came out a few years ago and it was, uh, on, uh, on Amazon prime. I'm flipping around. Uh, have you seen, um, uh, uh, Elvis and Nixon? I have not watched it yet. Um, uh, so, so it's it's hard for me to want to watch Kevin Spacey movies right now. Oh, is um, he in it? Who does he play? Nixon. He plays Nixon. Oh, and he really? Plays Nixon very very well. What's that's the only reason I watched it is because I hate fucking Nixon, and I figure if I'm gonna hate an actor, I might as well hate an actor while he's hating. You know why why he <laughs> is playing a character that I hate in real life. So um, Nixon so, was a good president. <laughs> He was the he was a fucking cunt. Uh, so he opened up China. Not, oh God, yeah, yes, you were. Detente. But it reaffirmed one of the things that I've known for a while, and that is Michael Shannon is fucking awesome. I don't know who's Michael Shannon. I don't even know who that is. You'll have to uh, remind me. Uh, Michael Shannon, Shannon plays Michael Elvis Shannon. in this. Uh, he was in Boardwalk Empire as the uh, the FBI agent uh, who was very straight laced. Oh yeah, he yeah, had, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, He's been in in a lot of stuff. Um, I gotta most, go see Knives Out because he's he's in, in he's, yeah. he's in Knives which we loved. We um, Marta and I saw Knives oh, Out. I, I gotta Knives go see Out. that. It's if you like Agatha Christie. 
Christie style. Sure, um, yes, I love a good murder mystery. Come if on. you love a good Agatha Christie style murder mystery, you will love Knives Out. And he plays one of the brothers in the family. Uh, he's also, uh, I mean, he's been he's been in a lot of stuff. He's kind of he was he was uh, great in Boardwalk Empire. I mean, he was yeah. He's always creepy. He's always he always plays some sort of he's creepy, but he's so engaging as a creep. Even he was in The Shape of Water. He was in. Yes. Uh, Yes. Uh, well, he was in Man of Steel, but that sucks. He's a, he's an unnerving. Yes, that's individual. a great word. Yeah, um, and he plays a very unnerving, make you uncomfortable Elvis. He plays a perfect aging Elvis in this movie because he is in his own world, and he even in the present, even in the presence of the the president of the United States, he's the king. Well, that was definitely Elvis. I mean, he was the king no yeah. matter where he was at, my man. And I don't, I see, I might have a hard it time amazing. watching it because I kind oh, of. It's so good. It's so good. I know. And it's, I, and it's, and it's all about, it's all about Elvis wanting to set up a meeting with Nixon. He wants so to be he, an FBI agent, man. He wants to be an FBI a agent. DEA agent. Didn't he want to no, be a no. DEA agent? No, no. He wants to be an FBI agent at large. And he wants to yeah, work man. undercover because he sees how drugs are ruining the youth of America. And listen, he's very, listen, he's very Nixon, concerned. Listen, Mr. President, I got to tell you, <laughs> drugs are drugs are bad, man. Dude, killing you our need children. to watch this movie. As much of an Elvis fan as you are, you will walk But here's the walk, thing. You walk kind of, and you be like Michael Shannon fucking nailed it hard. Here's he was the thing, so though. good. I, so I, good. I kind of imagine that Elvis died immediately after the 1969 comeback special. Like right after that, he died and <laughs> and didn't exist after that. I kind of I have a hard time. I love the 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 younger, cool, amazing uh-huh. Elvis, and I and it really kind of hurts me at this day at this point to sort of see, you know, the big fat bloated Elvis for 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 the, for the for the crazy scene for the scene where Michael Shannon as Elvis is trying to teach President Nixon karate hey in man, the Oval Office. Karate man. It's fucking worth it. It's so Listen. fucking worth it. <laughs> you know right, karate. Right. Uh, no, I don't I don't know karate. It's 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 worth the hour and twenty six minutes out of your life. I know jujitsu. I know you know jujitsu. <laughs> what is it's, it on? Is it on Netflix? It's on Amazon. Amazon. Okay, I got Amazon. I got the Amazon. Got you the have Amazon. the the Amazon? I do. I do have the yeah. Amazon. It's yeah, it's it's good. It's good. Um so yeah, what are you um what are you looking forward to in the new year as we as we approach the end of of twenty twenty nineteen, which is weird to say. Um I don't Jesus. I haven't even thought about it. Um A really good Batman story. Or like, a really good Batman story. <laughs> I don't I don't even I'll tell you what, I'm still enjoying more than anything. I think that I think my favorite comic on the stands today is is still the Immortal Hulk. I think yeah, Al good. Ewing is uh he's just just the right kind of twisted fucked up person to write that book and I just love how weird that book is. But I'm looking forward to um uh Mike Allred uh has uh some stuff coming out. Um Bro, what's he doing? He's doing uh oh what is the name of it? It's like Mr. Roboto or something. Um Doesn't it, honestly it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. It's Who cares? Be it's, it's Mike Allred. Um, so he's doing, yeah, he's doing something, uh, I think in, I want to say March or something. 
that's yeah. coming out. Uh, but I, I, I keep and, and I know that it's really weird that this universe has expanded and become what it is. And it's really kind of freaky that it's gotten as big as it has. Um, anything that is like Black Hammer, I'm just eating up. Yeah. Oh, for sure. The Black Hammer. I mean, Jeff Lemire's done an excellent job cultivating that universe and expanding mm-hmm. on it. And did um, you did you read the Black Hammer uh, JLA story? I haven't yet. I it's really I to, good. I got to really read good. Black Hammer forty five and mm-hmm. and the JLA ones. I don't know why, but those ones I I I just haven't dive, I I didn't dive into them yet, but. Yeah, uh, the 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 Black Hammer forty five, and and we won't announce this until the the next time that we get together because uh, we're still reading the uh, the Joker trade paperback, the Clown Prince of Crime. We are. Um, but uh, I was real close to uh, picking Black Hammer forty five as my as my pick. I didn't, but oh, you should read it anyway. Son of a bitch! All right, I will. I didn't. I oh, didn't, um, but you should read it anyway. In April, there's a book coming out called Paul is Dead. Um, when yeah. the, when the Beatles lost Paul McCartney, I was going to say, is it the follow up to the Fifth Beatle? I don't think it's the follow up. It's not the same creator. <laughs> same creator. It's yeah, Paulo Baron and an Ernesto Ernesto Carbonetti. Um, okay, but it's a speculative speculative fiction graphic novel steeped in music history and Beatlemania. In the forthcoming Paul is dead. Uh, yeah, that's coming in April. That looks kind of interesting i know you're a beatles fan did you see um not to reroute things and elvis back. didn't like the beatles by the way elvis well man they were stealing a according, singer, baby. according to this they, movie they didn't yeah they loved elvis and oh, they well, loved elvis. i think john or paul said that like they loved elvis and then i think they were on something show together they finally like got to meet him and he yeah he was not real fans of them i mean they were you know they were kicking him off the charts he was well, they they were they were they were British, and they 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 smoked the dope. They smoked the drugs, man. Drugs ain't just mm-hmm. bad for you. I gotta tell you, it's no good for you, man. Unless you get them from a doctor, like my doctor. <laughs> unless you're, take, unless you're take... taking them in pill form, and then it's completely okay. <laughs> my pills are healthy for you. That's what I'm saying. My doctor guarantees me that they're good for me. And uh, seriously, you gotta watch. Fine. You gotta watch the movie. You will love it. I didn't tell you what my tattoo was. Did I tell you what my I saw your tattoo. Oh, you saw the tattoo, so yeah. Saw the tattoo. Not in person. T C G baby. Yes. Um I thought yeah. I thought I, I thought it I thought it um stood for, for Tom, Chris, and Brian. That's exactly it. T C B and the lightning bolt, man, baby. That's it. <laughs> Tom, Chris, and Brian. That's what people don't know. That was the secret. They think it's Elvis, T C B taking care of business, but it's Tom, Chris, and Brian. That's Tom, right. Chris, Brian. You know that's, it. TCB. That's exactly I saw that and it's like, oh, isn't that sweet? That's right. That's right. No, no doubt. No doubt. It's the top. It's a dual message. Dual message. <laughs> depending on who I'm talking to. Um any like uh like favorite books of the year other than I know you had uh um 45 uh, black hammer 45 do you have any do you have like a top five favorite books i because everybody isn't that like required by podcasters we have to come uh, i I don't yeah i'm still i'm still going back and reading things for pleasure um i started reading uh wasteland again this year for the second time i'm doing a second a second reading of that which has been i'm kind of that's kind of like my my um bedside table uh, comic. Um, 
reading for some weird reason reading uh, a lot of harley quinn comics this year really uh both the serious and the funny so which is which is kind of nice um there's been some of the dc black label stuff that's come out that's that's been pretty good um uh frank is going back to dark knight i picked that up this week i'm looking forward to reading it uh gosh other stuff you know there's some um Oh gosh. I'm trying to trying to th- I got a uh, pile of stuff here. Um you know, I you know, I don't know. No, I'm just reading a lot of black hammer. That's cool, man. No, I was just, just wondering. Yeah, I'm I'm kinda in the same boat. Like I, I go back and forth. Hit girl like, the hit girl trades I really like. Hit girl, yeah. I've been reading those. The, yeah. the art and most of them are really good. Um yeah. I uh I've been doing the same sort of thing. Like I keep going back and forth between stuff that I've read. Before. I read Watchmen again for the, I actually read the annotated. This is how much of a Watchmen nerd I am. Yeah. Uh, I've read that book so many times that I read the animated, animated, the annotated edition of Watchmen. Mm-hmm. And as I was reading Did it, you argue with it as you no, were no, reading it. I didn't oh. argue with it, but I was adding, Man, you are wrong. No, they, but they definitely missed things. <laughs> that I caught and I was like oh there's I was actually tweeting for a while as I was reading it I was adding annotations because they mm-hmm. there was stuff that they didn't catch that's in funny. it that's, of course that's how much of a fucking watch here, here, here's my big here's my big shout out I've been enjoying the shit out of them and not as a collective but just in general um, the DC 100 page giants oh wow have you been reading calm. any of those are those new? What? What? what, what you... There's tons of them. There's um, Batman. There's villains. Wonder Woman. It's um, all the old stuff, though, right? No, they're new. Yeah, it's new stories. It's oh. new. Stories. There's yeah. some reprints in there. There's some, but it's mostly new stories. Um, they're like five bucks, and they're hundred page giants. They're fucking awesome, dude. There's got to be somebody out there listening to the show, going, "I thought this was a comic book show," because all Sal keeps talking about is what he's not reading. <laughs> We're just... Okay, we, we we come to accept this. No, go run to your local comic book store and pick up any of the DC hundred hundred page giants. They're fucking awesome, dude. There's okay. like five story. There's like five stories in each one, and they continue. Um, they're they're fantastic. They're great. You get you get five different stories, five different creative teams. There's there's some reprints in there, but most of them. They, I don't know if they're all reprints. Um, new to me. Um, I haven't I haven't read you know, majority of them that are in there and they're fucking entertaining as, as, as I'll get out really enjoying them. Well, all right. Scooby-Doo. I think I got a Scooby-Doo yep. hundred page giant. I don't know. I would love the a Scooby. I have is like, I don't know. I just, I don't, uh, I have a problem with a lot of the, the way stuff is written these days in comics. Um, well, I, here's, I a, here, here, here's the, here's, here's the thing though. It's there's so much out there that oh, yeah. if you don't don't like something, fucking move on. No, and I was just like like main. There's very few mainstream comics that I like that much anymore. And and not that they're not good. I just um, they don't hook me. They don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I, mean, I don't really give a shit about Batman anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't fuck. I just don't. I I can't care about that character really deeply, 
anymore. I just don't, you know, give a shit. I don't care if Batman lives or dies. It's not. It's really hard for a writer to make me care if Batman's getting beat up by Bane again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just don't. That's sure. just me, though. I just don't. And 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 that goes for most characters. Like I just, I just don't find them engaging that much. As whereas I'd rather, I'd rather try and find something that um, I, I can get hooked with a character and give a shit about what a character's, you know. Kind you know, I, I still I still walk into the comic shop, you know, every week or, or two weeks and I'll look at the comic shelves and it, it, if I and maybe I'm like a lot of comic fans now, if I see a new jumping on point, if they, you know, tout something as like new storyline, I'll grab it. And if it's intra, you know, that might be Batman Beyond. I read two story arcs of Batman Beyond and really found it enjoyable. You know, it was very popcorn, but. It was enjoyable popcorn, but most of the time I'm going in there and looking for a new image title. Yeah, um, that's kind of where I'm at. Because I'd rather like, yeah, like I like I'd rather. I want to know on, about like, characters paper... that I don't know anything about. Exactly, Paper Girls yeah. or so. You know what I mean? Like, sure. oh, here's a bunch of characters I don't know anything about, and I want to find out what happens to them because I know, you know, it's like. I know at the end of the day, Batman's just kind of going to be Batman again. You know what I mean? Well, like it's, you know, and, and here's uh, maybe an interesting twist on, on what we've talked about and noticed in comics in the last, you know, like five, eight years is that there's been a big turnover in, in the character directions. And you see stuff like Harley Quinn and Spider Gwen and the Captain Marvel. And you're seeing a lot of new characters who are, who are female for whatever reason. I think a lot of it, it's new and it's like, Oh, well, this is a new character. And part of it is predicated on their gender. But I think a lot of the appeal of it is, Oh, well, it's not the same character I've been reading about for 20 years. I want to know what happens to this person because at least it's interesting. And I know at the end of six issues, it's, it may not be the same thing. Yeah, well, probably I think, will be. But I, I, yeah. I think that is that is a little bit of a carrot is that we have new characters to read about, and that's that's not a bad thing. No, absolutely. Like I said, I, I, I'm not I'm not trying to shit on mainstream comics. No, they're, no, they're no, not no, for absolutely. me. And I mean, we talked absolutely about not. this. We talked about this 15 years ago. Of like, I know I can distinctly talking about how I hope someday that mainstream comics are no longer written for me. And I'm, you know, I'll be 49 next year. Congratulations! Yeah, I, I you know, <laughs> it's okay if Batman and Superman isn't written for me anymore. Spider Man or Spider Girl or or Gwenpool or whoever the fuck it is, it's I, I'm fine with it. It's great, you know. If if you, if there are people enjoying it that are younger than me, great. Uh, if there are people that are my age that are enjoying it, great. I don't I don't necessarily need any more of those stories. But you know, that being said, like something that comes out, like I really enjoyed like, uh, deceased, the DC, mm-hmm. you know, six issue kind of thing. Cause that was like, oh, okay. It's just a little different take on those characters and, and the world. And, and maybe they're going to die and there's something really tragic could actually happen to them in that story. I'm more interested in, in like, um, uh, you know, something like that. Or like, 
Immortal Hulk, where it's like, oh, we're going to completely redo this character. But I think going back to what you were saying is like, I think a lot of that, obviously representation is a, is a huge sort of buzzword that, you know, in not just comics and TV and movies and all media, you know, people uh, want representation. They want people that look like them and come from their backgrounds in these books and that kind of stuff. And I think, um, you know, people find that really important to them and, and, Great. Uh, you know, I think you're seeing that in comics for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the reasons that that sort of leaves me not um, engaged with these characters is sometimes that sort of ends up being all that it's about to some degree. Like, I think people, I think like the next generation of kids that are enjoying TV shows and movies and that kind of stuff, like they want. They're more interested in sort of a feeling than necessarily um, like we were talking about with Watchmen where I want to be challenged. I want a new perspective. I don't think. Yeah, I, I think people want to be entertained. I think people yeah, no, want no. to be entertained. And and there and, and there's there's nothing wrong with being challenged in your entertainment. But I think I think mostly people no no strike that i i think that i think that people want to be entertained but i think i don't necessarily think that a lot of people want to be challenged i think a lot of people want to be passive and have things and don't get me wrong there's yeah and 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 there's nothing wrong with that yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I'm not. My wife to... watches yeah. has has Law and Order SVU on like four hours a day in our house as background music. It drives just, me fucking crazy. As it's, I get older, because it's not challenging. Yeah, you know, as I get older, there's there. just like less of that that I want. You know, there's yeah. certainly times of that, but is there's just like less of. I, I just don't want to waste a whole lot of time necessarily. With I mean, there's definitely times that I do, but even like something as silly as a cartoon. Like, I want to watch Rick and Morty because it's like, oh, there's a bunch of complex thoughts in this cartoon yeah. that I can kind of pick apart and think you know, about. It, and, it depends your time. Up. Yeah, it do, just do, depends do, how, do, how I want to spend my by, time. By the way, do you have uh, the DC Universe? I do. So have you watched the new Harley cartoon? I have not. Should I? Oh, you're, um, you're in love with Harley now. No, I'm not in love with Harley. I've just been <laughs> reading Harley comics. I think she's an interesting character. Um, this, so I turned this very com- interesting for a sociopath. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> so I turned this cartoon on and um, immediately started masturbating. Immediately dropped my pants and started <laughs> masturbating. Uh, no, I it was like, okay, this kind of looks and feels like a Bruce Tim. Uh, cartoon it kind of has that that tim verse well, uh, feel to it. huh that would be ironic uh well that's where she, she started no i know but does does she look like that harley or does she to look begin like... with yes she does to oh. begin with um and so they the immediately comments? they immediately start dropping f-bombs and blowing fucking people up <laughs> and and so they they it, it is an animated show, kind of in a in a Bruce Tim style to begin with, kind of ish. And, but immediately they blow that shit up, 
And and you, it's like I fear for the people this that are sitting crazy. down with their like fucking eight year olds, and then Hartley is fucking dropping f bombs and cutting people in half. Well, this the, you is know. what I'm talking about, though. Like I think you see this, you know, there's this weird schism where we're sort of seeing. I mean, Star Wars, the new Star Wars movie is out, and that whole shit I haven't seen it. La, 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 I have la, not la. seen it. I have not seen. I haven't it seen it. I haven't heard any reviews. I'm all good. Well, I mean, it's. It's just sort of the whole thing between the 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 people that liked Ryan Johnson's um, The Last Jedi, okay, and then now they they kind of uh, gave it back to J.J. Abrams and he did the last movie because there was a lot of fans that didn't really care for Ryan Johnson's Last <sighs> Jedi. Fucking whatever. Tell your story. No, yeah, I well, I mean, Ryan Johnson's a great filmmaker. I think they kind of gave him a shitty deal in sandwiching him between, you know, this thing where there are a lot of fan expectations. But I think my point is, like, there's this weird thing where everybody wants to be a fan of this stuff and, like, be a part of it and feel like, you know, like, like there's this group of Star Wars fans that want to be in Star Wars, but they hate Star Wars because it's not diverse enough. So they want it like reimagined. They want it broken down and redesigned and given back to them so that they can feel good about wearing Star Wars t-shirts. Blah, blah. You know what I mean? And, and well, no, I understand that to a certain degree. I'm just saying like, there's this weird thing. And I think you're, you see the same thing in comics too. Like, you know, it's like, Oh, well, Harley Quinn, you know, we, we can't just have Harley Quinn be whatever she is. We have to kind of go back and destroy where she came from because obviously that was wrong. I don't think they've destroyed where she came from. I think well, you they've, said they they blew up Tim Burton. Well, they 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 blew up the 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 um you know <laughs> afternoon Batman you know Adventures of Batman comic version of her because she's you know she's well, what does that represent? I know. I mean, it's it's an R-rated version, and it definitely merges with the movie version that uh, the cosplay version that we that we all see now. Um, you know, it's making her her own person. Um, <laughs> That's you know whatever you know for a fictional character. You uh-huh. know, uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just think it's interesting. I just think I, like there's this weird thing of like we we love we want this. We want this in our lives so bad, but we hate it because it's not what we want it to be. It's this weird thing, uh, you know what I mean? Like, oh no, it, the 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 internet will never be happy because well, yeah. you'll never you'll never because I don't know, it's like the Democratic Party. Everyone's looking for a unicorn, um, and it's it doesn't exist. And well, it's like you know, mad the mad the last Mad Max movie, right? Uh, you know, it's it, amazing, you know, strong, you know, strong female lead and, and, you know, it's girl power. And then people were like, oh, but it wasn't diverse enough. I'm sorry. It's fucking, you know, Australia. Okay. It's, it's <laughs> sorry. It does, you know, it doesn't work that way. Um, 
there will all, it will never be perfect. It will never be enough. It'll never be perfect. And that's okay. We need to strive for those things. And I understand that, but there's, there's a point in our entertainment where, do, we, do we need I, to strive? For no, those no. Yeah, we do need to strive for those things <laughs> because think, racism is bad because <laughs> racism is bad. But I think that you and I would agree with this is, is at the end of the day, you have to tell good stories. Yeah, that's all I give a shit about. I mean, yeah. it, you know. do you do you need do you need to be inclusive? Yes. Do you need to be aware and socially conscious? Absolutely, and those uh, are important. Maybe. Like, I don't at, know. At, yes, and at the but but at the uh, end of the day, uh, but at the end of the day, you need to tell a good story. And and at the beginning of the day, you need to tell a good story. And then if you well, can be inclusive probably, and diverse, also, then do that as well. But if you can't. If you can just tell a good story, just tell a good story. But you can do both for the most part. I just you think the problem is is that they're going from it at the beginning of the day, let's be diverse, and then how do we tell a good story? And that's yeah. where you run into a problem. Like <laughs> you, should, you should start with let's tell a good story and also let's try and yeah, – you know, Yeah, let's be inclusive and don't be a dick. You know, what is diversity? I don't even know. What is diverse? Yeah. Yeah, we're, all, well, red. we're yeah. all red on the inside. So if we kill everyone, that's <laughs> that's where that's where we are. <laughs> and on that note, we'll Merry Christmas, everyone! Happy Merry holiday. Christmas! <laughs> it's a red Christmas. It's, all right, are we good? I think that's. I think. Where are we, we at? I think we about we've... an hourish. Uh, a little uh, hour twenty, maybe. Hour twenty. I think that I, I think that people are tired of listening to us they, now. They haven't listened to us for like four months. What are you talking uh, about? Well, we're gonna be back in like a week. Oh, all right, fine, fine, fine. I mean, fine. if you're tired of me, if you still need to talk to me, no, that's fine. I don't have anything else to say. It's, are you laying on the couch now? Tell me. No, tell me. I'm sitting Sal. at my desk, uh, looking at um, Hoopla for comic mm-hmm. books. I might read the first three pages of, and then turn it off. And then go to sleep. And then go to I sleep. Have I have a couple I... of those. I have a couple. Yeah. That's what's great about those hundred page giants. They're yeah, they're like. Short story, little, short story. Yeah, they're like little, little little short stories. They're great. They're perfect. Perfect for night night time. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, I can't read more than like eight pages before I yeah, fall it's, asleep. It's fucking Sad. Are, it's pathetic. Yep. Yep. I agree. I understand. I'm gonna read a shit ton of comics over the next two weeks, though. It's gonna be awesome. I'm not. Probably. It's gonna be great. Ah, enjoy not. it. Dive I'm in. Gonna, I'm gonna dive in. I, I'm gonna probably play some video games and Ooh, what are you playing? Red Dead Redemption two. Really? It's, yeah, that's that seems playing. like it seems like a big time suck. It is, but uh, that's all I'm I mean, that's my mindless entertainment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's when I Well, I, oh, I pretty I much I I wrung every bit of life out of the Witcher that I could. I started watching that show on uh Netflix. Oh, it's not good, but I I, I can't stop watching it. The first episode is awful. Oh, it's terrible. terrible. It's terrible. fucking awful. The second one was better. It gets but... better. It's better. But but they're all terrible. They're not good. They're no, not good. no, okay. no, no. Right. No, it's no, it's not good. But I can't stop watching. I might be able to. I think I probably will stop watching. There's only like it's only like six episodes. That's six hours of life yeah. I can't get back. You know, it's yeah. No, they're not good. They're not good. But I'll, I'll watch them. I'll watch them anyway. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, The Expanse. Did you finish watching The Expanse? I never got past three episodes of The Expanse. 
Well, you're you're wrong. You need to go back and watch all that those. That show's fucking terrible. People keep telling me it's good. It's and fantastic. It's awful. Fan- fantastic. No, it's fantastic. It's bad. Yeah. It's awesome. People you you about. you need to lower your goddamn expectations on Why? Show. Why should because, I do that? Because you need There's to join the rest of the human race and just be happy with what you're with given, young man. Shit with dumb yes. entertainment. Just here you go, it's spoon feed you dumb entertainment. <sighs> No, I there's listen. It's I, it's I good. It's good. The expanse is good. Everybody tells me that, and then I go, well, when does it get good? And it's like, well, like you know, three seasons in. Oh, it it's not as bad good. as Fringe. You liked Fringe. Uh, yeah, I liked Fringe. It took like three seasons for that show to get good. I don't think so. I thought it was good from the beginning. No, it took like three seasons for that shit to get good. Uh, I have, like I said, I think I'm I I've watched. Go watch Mindhunter. It's awesome. Oh, I love Mindhunter. That's a great show. That is a great show. But that's a good, like, writer and director. Mm-hmm. Expanse yep. is sci-fi. Like, do you like, um, are you a fan of Killing Eve? I haven't watched it yet. You should watch Killing Eve. You would dig that. Why do you, why do you need me to watch the things that you enjoy? This is, Be- this is the problem with you hipster douchebags, is you need. That's why I do a goddamn podcast, Sal. <laughs> is that why? Yeah, I'm trying to spread the fucking gospel. Curmudgeonly old bastard. No, I, I, I've I, heard good Consume things. Consume the things that I like. Do you watch... Uh, I, I like uh, The Marvelous Miss Maple. That's good. That's good stuff. Yeah, I like that show. Yeah, that's uh, just like it because of all the Winnie Bruce stuff. You know, honestly, I'm, I'm, uh, I think the guy who plays Lenny Bruce is very good. I'm not that big of a Lenny Bruce fan, to be honest. I respect Lenny Bruce for, mm-hmm. you know, his place in stand-up comic, comedy history, but mm-hmm. as far as, like, a stand-up comedian, it's not like I'm going to sit down and listen to a bunch of Lenny Bruce stuff because it's a bit tedious, especially as he got more and more in trouble. It just ended up being about his troubles. and um, You're, He's kind of like the Charlie Parker of, of stand-up comedians. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously he changed the whole game of st- he created stand up really as we know it today. You know, like he was the guy that first went up there and just was like, "I'm just going to talk about shit that I deal with and not like tell jokes." Um, but no, I think marvelous. I just I think marvelous Ma- Miss Maples is just fun. I think it's just a fun mm-hmm. show. That's a show like I don't I don't need. Actually, I get annoyed whenever they sort of like wedge in uh, the sort of, you know, a little bit of feminism and a little bit of like, you know, because uh, they just do it so poorly of like, oh, by the way, it sucks being a woman, uh, you know, or, oh, it's it's horrible being black in, in, in this time period. It's like, yeah, I, I don't. But it I, did. I don't need it, the, yeah, but I don't need this show to tell me that. I know that already. Like, that's, that's just. But not that's everybody just talking does. Down. Yeah, not they do. Not everyone does. Not everyone, everyone does. Listen, no, don't talk no, down to no, your audience a, like you're no. smarter than them or you know history more than does. them. People don't care. They know. They don't give a shit. I don't well, really no, care. No, they're two different people. There are people that, yes, they know. And then there are people that don't give a shit. They're, those are two different people. Listen, if you give a shit about how hard it was in the 1950s to be a woman, what possible point is there to that? And putting any energy into that today. So we should ignore point? it. 
No, no, I'm not saying ignore it. If you if so if, if that's what you it. want to talk about, then talk about that. But don't weekly sh- like sort of spoon feed someone that in the no middle of a show, show about a female that is about stand-up how comedian. horrible it was to be a woman in the 50s. What do you mean? That's not no what one, that show No is one's about. going to watch a show that is dedicated to how horrible it was to be a woman in the 50s. That's not true. I think you absolutely, if it's done well, people will watch anything. If, it, if something is done well, it's just when you half-ass it and try and, like, Give me a moral lesson in the middle of your fucking stupid comedy show. It goes it's back re- to the hand, the ham fistedness of things where it's like, well, it's yeah, just talking it's, down to your audience too, thinking that you're going to sort of like teach hey, me a hey, lesson. No, it's, oh. it's, hard, it's hard. It's hard to do it subtly. And I'm make 11 a, years old. You need to teach me that I'm, you know, so history's people, people bad. Are, There's bad people, people are, in the world and you are, need to know about it. We're a, not children. Quit talking to people like they're fucking children. People Maybe are, that's our problem. People are children. No, they're not. Oh, See, yes, that's yeah. arrogance. That's who oh. hubris. This is why people don't learn anything because you talk to them like they're children and like you know things, but they don't know. And they know. People are. No, they're not. We're children. People, I just, I don't really give a shit if it was tough for uh, a fictional Jewish princess <laughs> in the 1950s. <laughs> You're sitting here telling me you like the goddamn show. I do like the show. <laughs> I just said every once in a while they give you a little, hey, it's tough to be oh. abroad. It's, you know. <laughs> you know what you remind me of? You remind me of a 1950s Jewish princess. Is that right? Is that yes? Uh, yes. How, how yes. so? Explain that. It's, it's 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 you like something, and then you're gonna spend 20 minutes telling me why you don't like it. Well, that's you know that's definitely. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I think on we. Point, fa- I, would, I think we found your 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 inner spirit animal. You are a 1950s Jewish American princess. I'm just trying to point out how things can be better. Don't we want things to be better, yes. or do we just want to glaze yes. over everything and say this is amazing? Oh, well, well, we want everything to be better. We want everything to be better, don't we? I'm just trying to tell people how they can make things a little better. Just make is things that, better. Well, is that is that a crime? Is that bad? Is that evil? Of them? Make things that, better. Just be, that's just, all Hitler wanted. He just, just to make things just, a little better. Just, just be better. <laughs> and we've gotten to Hitler, so we're done. God damn it! Uh, <laughs> love you, brother. I love you too, man. Merry Christmas. Have a good Merry ho- Christmas. A holiday. Happy New Year. I, Absolutely. Uh, you know, and come on down for New Year's after New Year's. No, we'll, we'll no, you're going to come up and watch a Bucks game with your with your boy. Oh, I'll bring uh, I'll bring up some uh, lollipops and chocolate yeah. bars. And watch some real fucking basketball. Some real basketball. Oh, I am totally on the bandwagon now. Why would that shock me? I have, I have, <laughs> I am firmly on the Bucks bandwagon. Well, whoa, Giannis, wow. baby! I can almost you know, say his last name. If there's one thing about you, it's bravery in your choices yes. of who to root for. There's... Yes, yes, go Bucks. <laughs> how about the Braves? Them. Or uh... <laughs> how about? How about those, uh, what's the team, the baseball team, the Milwaukee uh, Brewers? How about the, the Brewers? Brewers? You a Brewers uh, the fan? Brewers are fine. I'm, dude, I'll always be a Cardinal fan. You know that. The, I know. the Brewers are fine. They're going to be, you know, second or third place again this year. It's, hey, the you know, White Sox yeah. got Gio Gonzalez again. <laughs> finally. It's it's for the third time. Yeah. He's finally going to pitch now that he's over the hill and washed uh-huh. up. Come home, young man. Come Jesus. home and be our fifth starter. Oh, and. God. Yes, and be and be mediocre. They're going to be fine. This is the year. The Sox turn the corner this the year. year of what? 
Well, they've got a catcher. they got a nice catcher. Yeah, well, big deal. They don't have any pitching. Fine. No, they have good pitching. They're going to be fine. This is the year. They're going to win the division. Yeah, yeah. I thought the Bears were going to be good this year, too. And Bears are terrible. Yeah, Bears are awful. That, that, that serves you right for rooting for an NFL team. I didn't. I don't. I don't root for any teams. No, I know. They're all be terrible. a Milwaukee Admirals fan. It's great. I don't even know who that is. Nah, it's a minor league hockey team. Oh, that's going to happen. That's what, I, that's what I need in my life. Minor league hockey. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm looking for. The hottest game on ice. <laughs> that's a White Sox. Uh, isn't that a White Sox? Wasn't it? A, or I mean, an old uh, Blackhawks. Uh, yeah, the hottest game on ice. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, probably. Marketing. Team. All right. All right. Well, well. Merry Christmas to you. You too. Happy New Year. Um, we will, yeah, we'll be back, uh, right in the new year. I think Mr. Cater is going to be joining us, um, here in a week or so. We're going to talk about the, uh, the Joker trade paperback, the clown prince of crime. I'll have it. I gotta read it. I gotta read it. Read it. Read it. Some Elliot S. Magan. I always peruse the books. Denny O'Neill. Uh, some nice artwork. It's a lot of Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. And then I try and read it like the day of. Just so I was fresh. Yeah, you can't do that with this one, man. It's like 1970s. They're oh. very wordy. Oh, God. Yeah, it's all right, though. You can skip over some shit. Um, it's pretty. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty to look at. There's some Vince Coletta inks that really just make you want to, you know, choke that motherfucker out. Um, he's dead. I don't think that. Yeah, he's dead, but man, he just he he killed some Jose Luis Garcia Lopez uh, pencils. Oh, that evil anchor! How dare uh, he? How dare I, he do he a busy. serviceable job when he was underpaid as an artist? Yeah, he was calling hookers for Kirby. I think um, was it Kirby? He, no, who would he call hookers for? What's the know. stories? Is that uh, he was the hooker? I think hookup. you're besmirching a good man's name, uh, unfounded. That's a that's libelous. Ah. His nah. estate, the Vince Coletta estate, may come after you, sir. Terrible anchor. Uh, uh, so, yeah, we'll be talking the Clown Prince of Crime and some new comics in the new year. Uh, uh, so, yeah, um, everyone have a fantastic holiday. Uh, we'll be back, uh, what, in, in, in the meantime? In between time. We'll be everywhere in? And around. around. Crown. God. Racism is bad. Racism is bad. Don't do that. Ever. Yeah.
Comics.